You're listening to Panthers on Tap. I'm Curtis Round, joined by Bryson Carbley. We're just two fans sharing our love for the game in Carolina Panthers football. So join us, crack open a cold one, some bubbly, a little wine, some scotch. We don't care, whatever makes you sleep better at night. Before we dive into the episode, a little self-promotion. Stop what you're doing. Go give us a follow on Twitter at Panthers on Tap. Join the discussion on our Facebook group. We have over 2,500 members. You can listen to us wherever you get your podcast. Just search Panthers on Tap. All right, we got a first-timer with us this evening on the Panthers on Tap podcast. Wes joins us on the show. He's a contributor for 704 Cast. Wes, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Glad to join. Um, what's up, listeners to Panthers on Tap? Thanks for having me. Bryson, how are we doing? Yeah, I know you're I know you're getting pumped. This is this is a football show, but we got UNC, your team in the final four. I know you're very excited about that, taking on the uh, arch rivals of Duke. Yes, sir. I'm 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 feeling good right now. It's a stressful week for sure. Uh just you know, playing your arch rival in the final four for the first time ever in the NCAA tournament. But uh, you know, UNC wasn't supposed to be here, so uh, it is what it is. I'm happy they made it this far. Are you more excited or are you more nervous about? I'm excited. excited. I'm excited because, like I said, UNC wasn't supposed to be here. <laughs> Nobody expected UNC to be in the Final Four. So um, if they can spoil Coach K's retirement uh, tour, then good for them. If not, then nobody expected them to be there. So that's the way I look at it. Yeah, I got Duke. I got Duke winning it all in my bracket, and I win a couple hundred dollars. So I'm a Blue Devils fan this weekend. It should be, it should be a good game. But let's get into it. There's – there's a lot to discuss this evening, and we'll start. The owners' meeting was this week. Um, GMs were there, coaches were there. David Tepper was there. Decided not to talk. Shocker there. Um, but yeah, let's. We'll start with rookie quarterbacks because that's been really the talk as of late over these last couple of weeks, really since the season ended. Um, but Matt Rule had a conversation today with the media. Uh, he was asked what he thought of the QB or if he thought any of the QBs were worthy of a top 10 pick. Um, and he said, I think one of those QBs will be a top 10 pick. They're all impressive. So keeping it kind of nonchalant, doesn't want to get into too much specifics or details. Um, just trying to get our thoughts on this, guys. Out of Malik, Pickett, and Corral, who do you guys think is worthy of that top 10 pick? Bryson, I'll start with you. Well, I think I think there's two. I think Malik Willis and Kenny Pickett are both top ten picks uh, in this year's draft. Us with the quarterback class as it is, um, I think it's smoke smoke screen season for sure. So you know, there's going to be different things said by different teams and um, where they see players. And obviously, they're not going to try to give away too much. But uh, I think Malik Willis is my favorite quarterback in the draft, and I think that he has a possibility of going as high as two in this draft. And then I think that the Carolina Panthers like. Kenny Pickett. I mean, just with the stuff that came out with, you know, Matt Rule going to dinner with Kenny Pickett and just the way that he looks at Kenny Pickett in the pictures that were posted and the way he talks about him and just the situation as a whole where Matt Rule needs to win now and can't really draft a quarterback like Malik Willis, who probably needs to sit for a while like Trey Lance. So I just think that the stars are aligning for Kenny Pickett or the quarterback that I've been saying this whole entire offseason that's going to be the Carolina Panthers quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, unfortunately, uh, I think that those two are the top options right now, and I hope they go the rookie route, but I would not be surprised if it's uh, Jimmy G. 
But, you know, I, I think um, with those three quarterbacks that you mentioned, uh, Pickett, Willis, and Corral, I think all three could go in the first round. Uh, I think Corral, you know, he's kind of like the X factor kind of going under the radar right now. But he absolutely – I mean, he's, he played in the SEC, had like a 70% completion percentage. Like, he can play. He's athletic. He's got a big arm. So, uh, I can see if I can see teams liking him and taking him in the first round as well. As well. Yeah, we got Wes joining us from 704Cast. Wes, let's get you on the record here for our listeners who haven't listened to you guys or don't know your perspective on this rookie class. What do you think of these guys? They know what they know what me and Bryson think, but what do you think of Malik Pickett and Corral? Or do you uh, have Cor- someone else in there? So Corral is my number one. Um, I, I, I am I've been high on Corral the whole time, and and for me, the 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 process of the draft, everyone everyone kind of hypes up guys on their pro days, and, and everyone really the Malik is really taking a jump in senior bowl and pro days, in my opinion, and, and he wasn't everyone's number one until then. And for me, tape doesn't lie, and the, the tape on Willis is just he is a freak athlete. He's got a cannon of an arm, but he's he's raw. He's just really raw, and so I don't think. I think he needs the right situation. I don't think he's worth a top 10 pick. He's got the highest ceiling of all three. I'll, so, I'll, so that's, that's Willis um, Corral, I think is kind of somewhere in between the two, as far as readiness. Now uh, he's got a higher ceiling than Pickett, but can step in and play now. And then Pickett is Pickett is your Mac Jones this year. Um, that that's my, that's the comp of, uh, they're not the same player, but as far as he can step in and not lose you games right now. And so um, I think Matt rule wants that if, if he were going to draft a rookie, I think that Scott Fitterer wants Malik if he was were to draft a rookie. And I think the compromise is, and this is the situation that I want to happen, a trade back and take corral. Um, so if, if we're drafting a quarterback, that is if just on quarterback specifically, um, I don't think that we're going to, give up an asset for Jimmy G. I think if they do, they're, I, I don't, if they're bluffing on not cutting him, I don't think we're going to give up an asset for, for Jimmy G um, just to, to touch on that. And same with, uh, same with uh, Baker. If, if one of them get cut, I could see making a play, but I don't see giving up a real asset for either. Now you mentioned fitters, the Malik pickets, Matt rule. Who's Ben McAdoo's guy? Do we have a do we have thoughts on that? Do we think it's Malik based off of his previous comments on radio shows? I think I think I would say that. I think I think Malik fits the bill of McAdoo's guy. Um, I don't know right. for certain on that one, but the, the 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 reason I think Malik is Fitter's guy is I don't know if you guys have an athletic subscription or not, but if you read that article with him in person, um, it pretty much all but said that that going into Going into everything, they had a different quarterback order than they do now. And th- that just screams that Malik has jumped to the top to me for him. Yeah, and I was I was actually just going to mention that. Um, Fitterer, he said he's got a pecking order for rookies and that it has shifted, um, which is interesting. Um, again, we don't know who they viewed as their number one. They're obviously not going to reveal that. You might see it in the camp camp confidential i hope we see it in that um when it comes out after the draft but um i did i definitely thought that was interesting i also it's it's so hard to read what the the reality is of what they're thinking because 
Fitter had mentioned that, or well, the Seahawks did this. I, I don't even know if he mentioned it, but Seattle did not. They tried to keep the Russell Wilson draft when they drafted him kind of under the rug and um, pull pull it out over all the NFL teams. They, did, they didn't go to some of the things that he, I think it was his pro day. They tried to kind of sit in the background so that teams couldn't pick up on them at Wilson. And I find it interesting that Fitterer in this most recent press conference specifically kind of honed in on Malik in that conversation. Again, I don't know what it is. I don't know if they clearly view him as the number one, um, but I thought it was interesting. He said, I mean, he was saying he, when he missed the throw, he was picking guys up, wiping it off. You could feel the excitement. He was lifting others around him. Um, and he thought that Malik showed he can do that. So I thought it was interesting. He had one or two line. He had a one liner on picket, one liner on corral. Um, and then he went on this long, long spiel on Malik. So, I don't know what to think of it. I just wanted to point it out because, again, you, uh, Wes mentioned it. There's a lot of smoke right now. Um, it's hard to tell really where they're at. But I'll tell you what I gathered from um, just from reading stuff on The Athletic and what Joe Person's reporting. I think without a doubt, I, I'll be comfortable with this. Without a doubt, I think Carolina's taking a quarterback. I really do. From all this, I have a hard time believing Matt rules. He's going to have, he's had two chances now at QB and now he's going to have a chance to go rookie when he probably should have done it last year. And if Matt rule gets fired and doesn't take a rookie quarterback in three years, being an NFL head coach, it will baffle probably the entire league. Like for, I don't think it's ever happened where a rookie coach is not taking a swing at a rookie quarterback. Or, yeah, a new coach is not taking a swing at a rookie quarterback in the draft. It it would be one of the weirdest things ever if it happened. And I think for Matt Rule to go out without taking one is just – it's mind-boggling. It really is. It really is. Uh, I, if he's if he's really thinking he's got seven years, a seven-year process, I mean, maybe he, he just – he's waiting. I, I don't know. I mean, if, if that's the truth, then – Maybe he feels like he's he's comfortable and and can wait and you know maybe they're not as high on this class as like a lot of people are saying like not really a good quarterback class overall and comparing it to 2011 besides Cam Newton in that class so uh, I don't know uh, maybe they look at Jimmy Garoppolo and and say this guy's played in the Super Bowl he's led his team to or in quotations led his team to uh, you know, playoff wins and, and got into the Super Bowl. So maybe they look at him and say he could come in here and win games in Carolina. Um, I don't think so, but maybe that's that's what they do. Do you, think, do you guys think Carolina has the upper hand right now on that garage, if there was a trade in the Garoppolo trade just with timing right now? Or do you think if they wait, it'll be better off? They wait closer to the draft or draft day or after the draft go after a guy like that? Uh, I think because they have Sam Darnold, I don't know if they have the upper hand in anything because they're going to have to either – cut or trade him if they were to get a, a Jimmy Garoppolo or um, Baker with his contract. I don't think that, that, you know, they could really, I guess technically they could have both um, cap wise because they, they are sitting comfortably cap, but I know with the, they need to pay the rookies and they like to have about 10 million uh, to play with during the season for trades and stuff that would, that would eat that up. So um, I don't know if they're really, they really got the upper hand as we sit right now, but um, the 49ers and Browns are in tough positions as well. I mean, 
I'm sure Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't want to be a backup to Trey Lance, and Jimmy Garoppolo wants to play on the team where he has a chance to start. And Baker wants out of Cleveland, obviously. So uh, it's it's a bad situation all the way around, I think. Nobody's beaten down San Francisco or Cleveland's door to make that trade. So I think Cleveland is fine holding Baker if he'll play because I, I think they're expecting a Deshaun suspension. So they, I've seen that they're fine with him starting the first half of the season. Um, unless they're bluffing, they're just going to have to hold Jimmy G too, because nobody, no one's going to give up a real asset or what they want to, what they would want from him. I think it's a bluff for somebody to come in and offer a third round pick for him or something. And they'll be like, yeah, yeah, we'll do that. Um, and the closer it gets to draft, the less leverage they have. No, no one come draft day, everyone will have the plan that they're going to move forward with, except maybe the Panthers. Yeah. At quarterback. Um, so, and yeah. then I guess to touch on your thing, I think, so you touch on, you mentioned that you think they're going to go quarterback. I do. Part of, part of me thinks like, like Bryson mentioned that it's a lot of, a lot of smoke season. Um, and I, I think they really want Neil Icky or cross to fall to them. Um, and I don't love this quarterback class. And my thought has always been take the elite tackle. So, but if you're going to take a quarterback, I think it's trade back. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the the thing is is uh, is how do they view cross? That's the tricky question cuz I personally and we'll get into this in a couple of weeks when we do a mock draft, but I I just I cannot I don't think Icky or Neil is going to be there at 6. I personally don't think that. I think both of them guys are going to be gone within the top 5. Um then you get to the question, do the Panthers value cross or do they take their take their shot at the quarterback position? And yeah. it, it there is a lot of there is. It's it's hard to tell what's real, and what's not and what fitter is saying and them, you know, the whole brass out front and center at these pro days. But just from all indications, as a fan, what I'm trying to gather, I feel like this is they're going to take their swing at QB. I, I have a hard time believing they're not. I just I mean, I don't know. Look, uh, undoubtedly, they're, they're going to add somebody to the quarterback room, whether that is a free agent, whether that is a rookie. Um, they, I mean, Scott Federer has said that they're, they're going to add somebody to that room. So um, and, and from that same Joe Person article, uh, I think Federer mentioned you just keep swinging in, until you hit on quarterback. So uh, I think that. It really depends on in their rankings where they have, you know, Kenny Pickett, uh, where they have Malik Willis, where they have Matt Corral, where they have Jimmy Garoppolo, where they have Baker Mayfield in their rankings. And just, uh, you know, I, and Scott Fitter mentioned as well in that same article that having a quarterback on a rookie contract really allows you to, to build a team, uh, a very solid base around that rookie. So I think that they're going to go rookie as well. And I hope they do, uh, you, you know, in terms of their other options. So, uh, we'll see. I'm excited. Uh, it's still a month away and it feels like it's going to take forever, but, uh, I can't wait. Well, let's talk about the guy, a quarterback who's on the roster. Matt rule today was speaking with the media and he talked about Sam a little bit. It, it seemed like a kind of change of tune, but I'm not believing it. I know fans are freaking out. Oh my God, Sam Darnold's going to be the starter week one, all this shit. Um, Sam's door is closing very fucking fast and it might've closed after the season. But um, he said that they hired Ben McAdoo because of his ability to evaluate the passing game 
he said he thinks Sam Darnold will get better and adds that um, obviously a, a third quarterback they're going to try to add at some point. But it was definitely a change of tune from his last end of the season press conference where basically said they Sam Darnold needs to get better and the position is open for the taking, that sort of thing. Um, thoughts on that, gentlemen? Because I know I, I, there was a couple fans on Twitter who were hitting the panic button today. And I saw a couple headlines that were a little misleading. They were definitely clickbait from some of the people out there. But thoughts on Sam? Now that's, that's just the Panthers trying to to sell what they have currently and 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 make it make the situation not look as bad. Just just you know your average PR. Um, Sam Darnold is not going to be the starting quarterback for the Carolina Panthers, and he's probably not even going to be on the roster um, to start Week One uh, in this upcoming season. So. Uh, I, I don't buy into that at all. I, I think it holds no weight at all. Uh, it's just them. He's a guy on their roster. They're, they're going to talk good about him, obviously. They don't want to absolutely, you know, just fucking throw the guy in the road and get him ran over. But uh, they're, just, they're just doing PR. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a 180 from how they treated – uh, Bridgewater on the way out. Uh, I will say that. And, and that's probably a lesson learned from if they hadn't treated Bridgewater that way, he probably would have, we probably would have made the same deal uh, that that relationship probably would have been salvageable for one more year. And we don't do the same deal. And we're having a very different conversation about the Carolina Panthers right now, I think. Yeah. Um, but I too do not think Sam Darnold will be on the roster. I said it for months now that we did a kind of a, bold prediction in, in, in episodes a while back. And that was my first one. It's just Sam won't be on the roster, much less not the starting quarterback. Um, I still think that there's a lot of other things that they can do. They've left 31 million in cap space for a reason. Uh, they could have spent money elsewhere. They could have spent on a left tackle. They, they could have done things. So I, I, I do not think that, that Sam will be the starting quarterback. I think it's, um, an attempt to get a seventh round pick or something for him. Somebody to eat a couple million of his money. I don't know. I, I it's Chet, bad. It's a bad attempt. Chet, we'll take a bag of chips for him. I'm, I'm at this, at that point of uh, the Sam Darnold tenure in Carolina. Let's talk about Cam Newton. Bryson is the Cam Stan of this show. If you don't know Wes, um, but Matt rule talked about Cam today. According to fitter, Matt rule has had conversations with Cam this off season. Um, and he said today that everything has to be right for the organization and right for him. And he said, they'll keep in touch. Um, and then also another development today was Adam Schefter putting out that Cam Newton texted him saying that he's had teams interested and he's basically waiting on the best fit. He wants to win. He wants to go somewhere where he can win a championship and get a fair chance to play. Both of those seem like they're out of the mix or Carolina if we're being real here. Um, and then we had, a we had, um, Kevin on last week and Kevin kind of dropped the bomb on our show saying that right now, Seattle from his sources, seems like the most interested at this point in Cam Newton. Um, they've had conversations and, um, obviously Carolina's had conversations with him as well. Um, so I just kind of want to get Wes your take on this, and then we can me and Bryson can jump in here. But what's your thoughts on bringing Cam Newton back? 
So I, I too am a cam stand, Bryson. Um, we have a whole, I think it might've gotten over two hours long episode about cam. If you want to go uh, on, on ours, it's we're, we're, we're all three cam stands. We're probably to a fault. Um, kind of I, would love, I would love to have cam back. I think if you give him a full off season with the playbook, with the offense, with the coaching staff, and actually give him a line and a healthy Christian. Um, I think you have a team that can compete for the wild card. I really do. Um, does Cam come back and play for a rule? No, not a chance. Um, I think the only thing that may have made that happen was the scenario they talked about of Deshaun coming and him just coming to try and tag along with Deshaun for some fun for a year in Carolina. But um that because that was dropped today that, that that was the that's the only scenario that's been floated of cam actually coming back yet was to be Deshaun's backup I don't see a scenario where Matt Rule starts Cam Newton as his quarterback week one and that I mean it sucks to say but one of the the best days of my Carolina fandom was last year last last year against Arizona oh yeah God, did you go to the did you go to the Washington game I could not. I got offered oh, tickets okay. and I couldn't make it. Up. I had a previous oh, a, a previous okay. family engagement. I did not gotcha. make it. Yeah, dude, yeah. I, we I went to that game and that was that shit was wild. <laughs> it really was. Just jumping on that, going off of that a little bit, kind of what Wes said. I think I don't want to call it a pipe dream, but the dream of Cam Newton starting again for this team, I think, is over with. I think if he does come back, it would be in that limited. Arizona type game role where he's coming in on the goal line. I don't think, I don't know. I, that, that whole Matt rule and Cam Newton relationship just seems odd to me. Um, even with every, all the comments and they loved his leadership in the locker room. I'm sure that was true. I just, I don't see Matt rule viewing him as a starter anymore. I feel like there is, um, there's, there's some pros to bringing him back, though, because if they get a rookie like Malik Willis, to have Cam Newton in that QB room with a rookie like him um, would be very beneficial. So I'm kind of – it depends on who's back. I mean, who Carolina takes as a quarterback um, to bring Cam Newton back. But I think there are benefits if, if they did go the rookie route. Yeah, I agree with both of you guys. Uh, I think, you know, if if Cam were to to have a full offseason with this team and come in healthy next next season, that they would be competing um, for a playoff spot, like Wes said. But um, our head coach kind of just makes that scenario not, not realistic uh, currently. Um, I would love Cam Newton back in Carolina. Uh, he's, you know, what was reported today by Adam Scheffner was he's looking for – to play for a contender with a fair shot to start. I don't really know where that would be. Uh, I don't know what contender doesn't really have a, a solid quarterback in place right now. Um, I guess maybe maybe the 49ers, but, I mean, they just invested so much. Seattle, maybe? I don't know. I don't know no. if they're a contender, but, like. No. I mean, they had Russell Wilson last season. They didn't make playoffs, so I, I, I don't know. I just – I don't really see where, where that is, but um, – if you do draft a rookie like Malik Willis, I think that it would be a perfect situation. You know, you're going to sell tickets and obviously everybody in Charlotte loves Cam Newton and um, it's a business. So uh, bring Cam back for that. Um, if they draft Kenny Pickett, then they're not going to bring Cam back. I'm sure um, Matt Rule would probably view that as a distraction for um, Kenny Pickett, his his prized rookie quarterback. But 
Um, you know, it, it just depends on on how the quarterback scenario plays out. I, I think Cam's better than Jimmy Garoppolo, and I think Cam's better than Baker um, for Carolina. So I think that if if they're if they are going to go the vet, that's what they should do. I don't think they will, but if they were a smart team, they would. Um, so it, just, it really just all has to play out and and see see where we go. I mean, I I would just love to have him back. Let's talk about that. You brought up an interesting point. It's a good conversation to have. I would agree. I would. I would tend to agree with Newton better than Garoppolo. Newton's got the run ability. Garoppolo is very limited. Um, but Mayfield, let's let's talk about that. West, what do you think? Mayfield versus Newton. Who you t- uh, take any trades out of there? Just just value at QB. Newton or Mayfield, who are you more comfortable with? If you want Baker Mayfield, just draft Sam Howell. <laughs> that's fair. That, that's, that, 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 that's how I feel about Baker Mayfield. Um, and I, so I would take I would take him. Interesting. Personally. Okay. Yeah, Baker's just like you you know what you're Baker is literally maybe just a slightly better version than Jimmy. Yeah, and and, and Sam Howell, but like Baker you're going to have to pay him. Uh, he's probably going to come in more than Cam Newton would bringing him in. Um, he's, he's just a, he's just a shithead. I, I just don't like him that much. Uh, and, uh, you know, Cam Newton is, is so loved in Charlotte. Like it, it just doesn't make any sense to in any scenario to pick Baker over Cam for this, uh, for this roster and, and this team in North Carolina. But, uh, you know, Matt rule has done crazier things. So. See, I, I like Baker over Cam Newton right now. Um, I'm sure you guys figured that. But um, I just think Baker has more to offer. If you, I talked to Bryson about this a couple weeks ago. If you take Baker the year before last, he was playing his arguably his best football, and he looked pretty damn good going toe-to-toe with Patrick Mahomes in that unbelievable game. Um, and I, I just think – the Cam Newton starting days are they're kind of over in this league. I really think that I, yeah, the Cam Newton stuff was great last year, but I just, I don't view him as a starter in this league anymore. I don't, I think, I think he's, he can play in, you know, a role at QB and kind of what Carolina had him at, but I don't, I just, I think the Cam Newton days are done. That's just kind of where I'm at. When's the last time a healthy Cam Newton actually had weapons in an offensive line, though? When 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 did we see that? Because he didn't have it in New England. He didn't have an offensive line or time with the playbook last year. How, we don't know. The, I, I, I genuinely don't think we know the answer to that question. Like, is is he done or not? Because we haven't we haven't seen him with an actual good team. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that, that, that's the stand in me talking, but look at the, look at the receivers he had in new England when he actually with the COVID year. So a shortened, a shortened amount of time with the playbook in the team, he had his best receiver was um, Jacoby Myers, probably mm-hmm. um, last year came in in week 10. It was a 10. But I guess for me is why are teams, why are teams so hesitant to take him? Cause he's had last year, no one took him. Carolina took him because they were desperate, and it was basically a PR move. And no one's taking him right now. He's out there. There's, there's he's had no, offers. He had offers last year and this year, but both. Yeah. he just turned them down. 
for, by all accounts. I don't know for certain. For certain, I'm, but I'm not we, a- I mean, we don't know those offers if they were starting or not. Like we don't. Like again, that's probably that's what I'm trying to get at is if he is if he's so good, he would be picked up and on a roster right now. That's kind of what I'm trying to get at. And I'm not saying he's a top 15 quarterback anywhere anymore by any means, but I think he's a top 32 quarterback, and that's a starter. Oh, I I I guess if you're looking at it that way, yeah, I guess I would say he's a starter. I guess for me, I don't think Cam Newton catapulting this team to a wild card spot is is realistic at this point. I just I don't see that. Let's look at what they've done this offseason. And if if they plan on bringing Cam back, you draft one of the three tackles at six. Look at that offensive line. You've got a healthy CMC. You've got DJ. You've got Robbie. You've got your tight ends. You've got the most weapons that Cam's ever had for a full season. Mm-hmm. Because look look back to even to 20, 2018, 2017, 2016, 2015, 14, 13, 12. I mean, who was the best receiver he had during that time? Cheeseburger Eddie? Yeah. He's also 10, 15 years older and he's beat up. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. got we got to get over the Cam Newton isn't what he was three, four years ago. Like, that's the, yeah, those but, days but are done. N- nobody's <laughs> trying to say that, but n- we're, we're trying to say that. You just said Cam Newton can come in and take this, or Wes, I guess, said it took take this team no. to a wild card spot after yeah. they went five and 12. Like, the, de- the defense like, is the defense is mostly, I mean, the defense is mostly back. You, you, yeah. you lose, you. You you've added some to the defense, and you lose Gilmore, who was hurt most of the time, and you lose one of your two sack producers. Okay, mm. um, I think there's some with with some shuffling. I think the defense can be almost as good. You have have totally redone the offensive line, especially if you plan on using six on the left tackle. Because if you're bringing Cam back, that's what you're doing. It's mm. arguably from a bottom five to a top. 10 to 12 offensive line in the league at that point. If, I mean, if you just look across, if you go, let's say it's, it's cross and not even Neil or Iggy cross Brady. Bozeman Corbett Moten. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, a, I would that's say a, top, I would say top 15 at least. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a better, much better offensive line. And then you hopefully have a healthy Christian McCaffrey and uh, available. Ter- we'll get into that. A Terrace Marshall Jr. who actually gets time on the field. I, yeah, I mean, and and I I, I think at, not at any point were we trying to say that Cam Newton is what he used to be. If he is what he used to be, he could he would be the MVP. We're saying he could be the MVP coming. I'm not saying that at all. What we're saying is he's never had this much talent ever in his career in the NFL. Not even in 2015 when we went to the Super Bowl. We know he carried this team to the Super Bowl. So we've never seen him surrounded with this much talent on the offensive line, at receivers, at running back. So maybe he still can can have flashes of being a good starting quarterback in this league with this much talent surrounded him with this kind of protection on the offensive line and that much time to study the playbook is, is all we're saying. Yep. I'm, I'm certainly not saying that he's going to come in and be Cam of old. Um, it's just it can't be any worse than Sam last year. And I'll, I'll leave it at this. I think the Cam Newton days are done. Let's move on to Christian McCaffrey. We talked about him staying on the field. And this is very interesting because Fitterer has, says one thing, Matt Rule says another. So you have Fitterer who's been tooting this horn of, you know, Christian can go to the slot. Let's move him to the slot. Um, he's talked about even two back sets with him. 
which I think could be really interesting. And then you have Rule, who today basically shut that shut the door on that. Um, he said we can always move him around and utilize him, but at the end of the day, he's a back. Bryson, I'll start with you on this. Um, what do you think McCaffrey's role should be? And yeah, let's start there. I think McCaffrey should be the starting running back for the Buffalo Bills right now is what I think. But um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, if he's healthy, oh, he's, he's uh, if he's healthy, which is a big, hum- humongous, ginormous if, uh, he, you know, he, he's an effective part of the offense. So. Uh, I, I think mixing it up and, and putting him in a slot is is playing to his strengths and using him um, wherever you know he can be effective. So I, I, I think that mixing it up w- would be good and take take some carries away from his brittle ass and uh, put him in the slot so he's not you know running between the tackles or whatever. But uh, I I think that if those reports were true that Buffalo was interested and the Panthers didn't move him for whatever they offered um, to take that contract, they are just more ignorant than I've ever thought of um, this team being. So um, that's where I stand with Christian McCaffrey. And then for me, um, I think if you look at how San Francisco used Debo Samuel, that's how I think Christian McCaffrey should be used. Um, That is really, he touched the ball 12 to 15 times a game and was explosive every single time. And that, that's really what McCaffrey can be for whatever team he's on. Uh, I think he's a top five skill position player for when he's healthy. I, I really do. I mean, that's a big, a big if in the yeah. last two years, in the last two years, but prior to that, it he was arguably one for, for a, a stretch there. Uh, as far as skill position players go, I think Tyreek passed him there and, but um, I don't think trading him was ever going to happen because even if – because there was an out. in the So if they didn't restructure, there was an out in the contract after next year. So he, this was the last year they were going to have to pay him if they didn't restructure. I, I haven't seen – I haven't looked since then, but I don't – I've never expected a trade. Now, I would have liked to get that money off in a trade, and I like McCaffrey, but I never really expected that to, to happen. Yeah, I don't – it's so frustrating because I – when they when they signed this big contract, I was all for it because I really thought McCaffrey was a generational-type player. I mean, he's he's incredible um, when he's healthy, and that's the problem. And these injuries, they're just – they're just – they're freak, odd injuries. They're not the torn ACLs or, you know, those type of – those type of injuries that most backs have. I don't know if it's something where he just works. He's working himself too hard in the off season, the way he trains. I know this, I know this off season, he said he was going to kind of dial back the first couple months um, with his training. Um, but it's just, I don't know why it took him this long to figure that out. Like I felt like, it, I felt like he should have been doing that this past off season before the 2021 season. Um, because when he is on the field, I mean, you you look at the games this year, they're three, and zero with him on the field. And after that, it just, everything fell apart and Sam Darnold's safety blanket was no longer there. So 
I think the trade obviously would it have been nice if they would have got, you know, if, who knows what it would have been uh, first, second rounder. I don't know, but uh, I think those days are done. We talked about that last week with the restructuring. Um, but whoever's here at quarterback, if he could stay healthy, he's going to be great for them. I think that's a great selling point. I mean, I'm sure that was a selling point to Deshaun Watson coming here to play like a guy with him if he's healthy. So hopefully he can stay healthy this year for more than what, what was he three, four or five games he had this past year. Um, but man, it would, it would be nice to see McCaffrey. I mean, McCaffrey and Malik Willis week six, when Malik is Malik is in the playbook a little bit more. I think that was, that would be freaking nice. Um, but yeah, that's, I, th- I think Christian is, he's, he's a premium talent. And when he's on the field, he's, he's outstanding. We, we've cut, we talked about the offensive line a little bit, but let's dive a little bit deeper into that because Fitterer seems like that his, the moves he's made and which I agree with um, were, were really good this year. And when he was talking the other day, he, he seemed comfortable with having Christensen at left tackle. Um, he was specifically asked if you would take the, the guys you have right now, or would you be comfortable starting them week one? And he said, yeah. Um, so that begs the question, is that a smoke screen and they really want to tackle at six? Um, do they add a veteran? Bryson and I have talked about, you know, a guy like Dwayne Brown, Eric Fisher. Um, Wes, I want to get your thoughts on that. What do you think of the additions um, of Corbett, of Bozeman? Where do you think those guys are going to end up? And obviously, that's kind of hard right now because we don't know what they're going to do at um, if they go and get another left tackle. And then what do you think of Fitter's comments? So I think you can just about write those two in, in pin at this point. Center, right guard, right tackle, I think is, is pretty much solidified with Bozeman, Corbett, and Moten. Um, I I think everything hinges on what they want to do in the draft. And if they tip their hand too early, they lose leverage there. So they'll sign a Dwayne Brown or an Eric Fisher if they want to go quarterback and they will, if, if they have the chance, if they wait too long, they may not have a chance, but I think, I think that's their thoughts. If they're going to go quarterback at six, then that's their plan is to sign a veteran to come in and either play left guard or left tackle. And then, and I'm leaning towards for whatever reason, they're not fully comfortable with Brady at left tackle, which just blows my mind, but that's a different conversation. Um, and then vice versa. If they want to draft a left tackle, they'll sign or trade for a veteran quarterback. Yeah, I feel like the same. I feel like the same way. Go ahead, Brayson. Yeah, and and obviously if they do either of those too early, then like Wes said, they're going to be uh, tipping their hand for the draft. And I'm sure they want to be as secretive as possible of of what they're going to do just to get the player they want to fall. So uh, I'm not sure uh, why they're not comfortable with Christian's at left tackle. Like Wes Wes was saying, I thought, you know, in the limited role, Christian did play there. Um, He showed improvements and um, was playing decently well uh, to end the season. And, 
Um, he was a good left tackle in college, uh, actually a great left tackle. So, um, and you just drafted him in the third round last year. So, you know, whether he's playing left guard or left tackle, I guess is um, uh, mute until we know what they do with the sixth pick. But uh, I think if, if I had to guess right now, I, I feel like Carolina is going to end up after the draft signing a left tackle uh, and then moving Christensen to left guard. And I think that they like Dwayne Brown, uh, just the, the style of, uh, like Kevin mentioned last week, he just fits the offense, uh, the downhill running better than Eric Fisher does. Um, although Dwayne Brown is 37 and Eric Fisher's 31. Um, Dwayne Brown could be a top gap kind of player and maybe next year go after a tackle if they go quarterback this year. So uh, I think they're in a good position, I think, definitely much better than they were last year. Um, Cam Irving and uh, fucking uh, Elfline. But I think that they have made good enough improvements to the offensive line to, to kind of be comfortable and just, and just really see what happens at six. Wes, uh, do you have a preference on Dwayne Brown or Eric Fisher if they were to go that route? The injury scares me for Fisher, to be completely honest. I, I, um, I'm not confident in him recovering fully from that and being the same player. So, And, and to talk about the fit, one guy in the draft, who I'm not sure we end up in the position to take him at six unless we trade back and, and we trade back and it's not for a quarterback. But Trevor Penning really, I think, fits that that downhill running style that he seems like a Matt Rule type of guy. Um, and, 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 and I don't I don't mind him. I think his pass blocking could use some work, but he's definitely a, a mean downhill run blocker. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. I think I also think Dwayne Brown fits that mold. Um I kind of hope they do go that route because I am pulling for a rookie QB. Um, but obviously that ain't going to happen until closer to the draft. But I liked Brady Christensen. Well, we, we, I, I feel like me and Bryson have been uh, pulling for him really this all this whole past season. Um, and I'm glad he got the chance towards the end of the season. I really think he showed improvement in all three of those games. He started at the end there at left tackle and I think he has a real good shot and, you know, maybe they go out and get a guard in, in, uh, in the draft. Um, if they do go the route of Brady at the left tackle, but I'll tell you what, that Bozeman and Corbett, both of those guys are, you know, Bozeman's on the prove it deal. I really think, I mean, I don't know if you follow, follow him on Twitter, but that guy really seems to love Charlotte. And if, if he if he keeps playing like he did in Baltimore, they could lock him up for a a couple more years, and they could have some steady pieces inside. So that's exciting because this offensive line was god awful last year, and no one ever wanted to see the tandem of Elfline and Cam Irving again. Um, but let's we've talked enough about offense. Let's go to the defense a little bit. Um, Matt Rule said today that he anticipates Jeremy Chin staying at safety. Bryson, I know you're not a fan of that. I want to get your take on it. <laughs> yeah. Chin is just better in the box playing of that linebacker hybrid role. So uh, I, you know, when Trey Boston had tweeted that, oh, they were signing another safety and, and the Carolina wants Chin to move back up in the box. I was excited. You know, he, he helps in the run game. Um, you know, he's clean it like every play, it seems like he's cleaning up every tackle that you know that gets through the defensive line and in, into the linebacker area. But uh I don't think Chin was great in coverage as a safety. Uh he, he wasn't terrible, but he wasn't great. 
And I think that his abilities are just better well-suited to play that role that he was in his rookie, his rookie season. So um, I'm, I'm not, I mean, he's still on my team. He's still a good player. So, you know, it is what it is. And if he's playing safety, I think that you know he's going to be a fine safety, but I think to, to get the full, uh, the full chin experience, you need to, to have him playing up towards the, towards the line. Wes, what do you, did you like him safety in the box? I mean, he is viewed as the player he's, he's viewed as right now because of playing in the box, but because of the year he had his rookie year um, and, and not the year that he had last year, that was down considered a down year for him, even though he played really well, that was considered a down year. Um, so I, I agree wholeheartedly. Um, I, when that tweet, the, 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 the tweet you're talking about, when that happened, I was sitting there thinking, God, they add honey badger to this defense. If that's who I thought it might be, just in my head, I, if, I said, if they have Xavier Woods, Honey Badger, Jeremy Chin, J.C. Horn, and Dante Jackson back there, good Lord, that yeah, secondary. secondary. That, and, I mean, I still kind of question the, 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 the Dante extension a little bit, or deal, I guess, not extension, deal a little bit with, with Gilly still on the market and not taking something and us still having 30 million cap space, but that's – Dante's got Dante's younger and and has progressed a lot. So you don't, you don't let guys you drafted just walk away for nothing when you've developed them as well as he has come a long way, man, you got a perfect segue here. I was just about to bring up Gilmore. The development this week was that door is not closed. Um, Fitterer and Morgan bumped into Gilmore at dinner um, and they had a conversation and the kind of fitter kind of laid out where they were at and Gilmore laid out where he was at, um, still kind of te- like seeing where his market is, um, which is interesting because I definitely thought and it still could be the case that this was an either or with Gilmore or Jackson. But Bryson, thoughts on that? I know we both were pounding the table for Gilmore for the Panthers to resign him, that clearly didn't happen. You weren't as a fan of the Dante extension money-wise. Um, but what are your thoughts on maybe they getting Gilmore and Jackson back? Hey, I'd be all for it, man. But, uh, you know, I, I think a lot of that depends on, on what happens at quarterback and left tackle. They're not going to spend all their money on cornerbacks and free agency. So, uh, you know, obviously it'd be nice to have Gilmore, J.C. Horn, and Dante in the slot. Uh I mean, that's that's the best quarterback room in the NFL, uh, not even close. So uh, I, I preferred Gilmore over Jackson. Uh, I thought Gilmore – I mean, he's just a better player. I know he's older, but uh, Jackson just really doesn't do it for me. Um, the Washington game, I think, was just the nail in the coffin for me. He has progressed, and he he's shown, a, you know, growth with being a leader in the locker room and stuff like that, but he just gets exposed. He's extremely inconsistent. He – when your previous head coach knows that you're a weakness and they can, and they just target you the whole game. I think that, that, that really says a lot. And um, Taylor Heineke just torched Dante Jackson. Uh, and you know, I, I know Terry McLaurin's a really good receiver, but if Dante's getting paid like a top 15 corner, so he should play like a top 15 corner. And, and I, and that game specifically, he definitely didn't. Um, so I, I, I preferred Gilmore and, and, you know, from what you mentioned, Curtis, it sounds like Gilmore is still a possibility. I think it's well known that he and his wife love Charlotte and 
would prefer to stay in Charlotte if they could. So I think a lot of it hinges on, like I mentioned, what happens in the draft for Carolina and, and prior with the quarterback and left tackle situation and also what kind of deals uh, Gilmore can get. Because I think that if he is going to take a, a – a, like if his market isn't that high, then why not just take a, a little bit lower of a deal, kind of like a prove-it deal like uh, Reddick did and just stay in Carolina for one more season and prove people that you can come off that injury that he came off of and um, still play at a high level. So uh, I, I think that it is still a possibility, but just really like all other things we've talked about, we just have to wait and wait and see. This damn waiting game, April 28th, can't come soon enough. Well, let's end on this with the defense. One of you guys, try to sell this for me because I'm tired of seeing the mock drafts with this. What scenario does Carolina take a defensive player at six? There is because, Thank you. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> there, Expand there's on not, that a little bit. Th- th- there's not a scenario where you can justify doing it. Two years ago, you spent every pick on defense, well-deserved, as you should have. You were 31st, I think, in the league in defense. What you had, a, you had a clear problem, and you addressed it. Good job. Last year, you still you used your most valuable pick on defense and passed on a quarterback. JC is going to be a great player. And you pass on a left tackle too. So both of those, both very high value positions that you passed on. Um, there was an all pro left tackle as a rookie that you passed on um, that was on the top of your, up there on the top of your board and your top three or four guys remaining. And you passed on a quarterback who I still think is good. He did not have a great rookie season, but that's who I would, that's who I wanted at the pick. Um, so you just can't justify again, three years in a row, with defense not being the problem last year, using a top 10 pick on defense. I mean, Derek Brown was eight or nine, nine. JC was eight, six. I mean, you, you, there's a trend there. It's getting <laughs> earlier, earlier and earlier in the draft, and, and you keep doing it. Um, it's getting so. worse. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I agree. I, I don't think that they Come do on, it. give me your best salesman uh, pitch here. No, no yeah, but I, I'm going to play devil's advocate and – you know, maybe there is a scenario the week before the draft, they go out and make a trade for uh, Garoppolo or whatever, sign Garoppolo or Baker um, if they're cut and they're comfortable with Christensen at left tackle. And maybe they, they're, they're thinking we need to fill a Reddick spot uh, in this, on this defense. And they go like a, if Kayvon Thibodeau falls or, uh, you know, uh, Tra- uh, Trayvon Walker or whatever uh, from George, I believe. Um, maybe, maybe that happens. Uh, I absolutely don't think they go corner for any reason whatsoever. I don't care if every corner gets injured. Sauce, sauce gun. <laughs> Hell no. I, I do not like, I, I, I don't like him as, as a player or as a prospect. So, uh, I, I don't think that they go corner. Um, so yeah, I, I maybe that happens in, in a weird world, but uh, I agree with both of you. I don't think that they go defense. Uh, I think that they have their eyes set on either a left tackle or a quarterback, and it's going to be hard to get their eyes to look elsewhere. I will throw up if they take a defensive player in that with the six pick. <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna be like you when they took JCR, and I'm going to walk off and be pissed. I was so mad. I was <laughs> so but, mad. Man. We, were, we did a, a, a live episode during draft last year, and I, I just – I just dropped my head and I, I was, I let them do the talking for like a good minute, minute and a half, two minutes. And I was, 
then gave my chime in because I I fully expected it to be Fields at that moment. Yeah. I mean, imagine how different we would be sitting here talking if Justin Fields was our quarterback and, you know, we, we had that franchise QB already on our roster and we're like, man, we, they, they made these signings and filled the offensive line. I'm, I'm sure they would have either. Were they, what, where would they be going right now? Would they be going corner? Because they probably wouldn't have got, obviously wouldn't have gotten JC, but then they don't have the tackle either. So, yeah. Well, I think, you, I think you go tackle and you just prioritize bringing back both Gilly and Dante. Probably. Yeah, that's what I would say as well. Yeah. Interesting. Man, I would love Justin Fields in the Carolina Panthers jersey. What it, could it, have still haunts me. it still what haunts me to this been. day. We want to thank Wes for coming on this evening, contributor at 704Cast. Again, go check them out wherever you get your podcast. Now let's get to our draft picks of the week. All right, Curtis, I'll start us off this week. Um, I am drinking something that is very interesting. It is called the Southern Apple, um, born in uh, Boone, North Carolina. Is that a wine cooler? It, it's, it's a hard <laughs> cider. It's a hard cider. Uh, so pretty much, yeah. It's 5% alcohol, you know, which is pretty uh, more than most beers, really. Uh, Southern Apple, so I guess you can kind of get the hint. It's an apple hard cider uh, from Boone, North Carolina. It was delicious. It was very good. Uh, 170 calories, which is pretty high. So if you're trying to lose weight or anything, I wouldn't recommend it. But um, it's from the Appalachian Mountain uh, Cidery, AMC. Um, been there in Boone. It's a cool spot to go check out. Um, Boone in general. Uh, it's a semi-dry cider with a classic clean, crisp, and smooth taste. Um, and that is a very accurate um, description of it. So I highly recommend it and give it a shot. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm not drinking something from North Carolina. I am, but where I'm on the cider train as well. This is canned from California Cider Company. It's called Ace Guava Cider. It's got like a deck of cards on the front with a, it looks like an orange or a peach, whatever the hell that is. Um, it's pretty good. It's a good cider. It's it's not too sugary. Um, 5% alcohol. It's a, it's a, it's a decent cider. I would actually probably buy this one again. Um, it's almost like a semi-dry cider, if you get what I'm saying. Um, so I would give this one a try if you ever I think, I think we got this one from Trader Joe's maybe. Um, but again, Ace California Guava Craft Cider. Um, give this I one almost- a drink. I almost got an ace cider uh, today when I was picking up my beer. Oh, have you had something like you've had these before? Yeah, yeah I've had the pineapple oh. one. It's it's really good. Uh, but I almost got the mango one that they had. Um, but yeah, it, anything ace is, is good. I, I love that. I've never heard of them. I didn't even. I have never. Yeah, I've never seen these yeah. guys before. Yeah, they're very good. But give this Brazilian pink guava. Yeah, this is it's a it's a pretty damn good uh, cider. So give it a try. Well, we want to thank everyone. For listening to Panthers on Tap this evening, you can catch all of our episodes every Thursday wherever you get your podcast. We do have a giveaway going on right now. We did it last year. We gave away a draft hat. We're doing it again this year. Um, so if you go on our Twitter, it's at Panthers on Tap, and like the draft hat giveaway post, and also give us a follow, and you'll be entered to win. We're going to be drawing that on Monday. We'll announce it on Twitter. So looking forward to that. And we just want to thank everyone for following us and listening to us. We 
Appreciate all the support from you guys. And as always, 